The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today, Dr. Lona Duffy joins us this week for The Last Word in Health. And we're going to talk about an illness or condition which is not unique to Ireland, but which is more prevalent perhaps in our population than nearly anywhere else in the world. Hemochromatosis. Just remind people, please, what that is. Well, Matt, hemochromatosis is an inherited condition that involves the gradual buildup of iron stores. And it results because of an inborn error of iron metabolism, meaning the people who have it can't break down their iron. And that iron then starts depositing itself and laying itself down in different parts of our body, uh, connective tissues. So things like our kidneys, our liver, our heart, um, muscles, joints, everything. And that's what then causes the problem. Okay, and how many Irish people is it reckoned have this? Well, as you've already said, Ireland has the highest rate of hemochromatosis in the world. And to have it, so it's what we call an autosomal um, recessive condition, meaning you to have the actual disease, you have to have two genes. So you don't just have to have one. If you have one, you're a carrier. If you have two, you genetically are predisposed to having it. Although those people who have the two genes don't always develop problems of the hemochromatosis and the iron overload. But we know that one in 83 people have two genes, meaning are homozygous for the condition and one in five are carrying are carrying the gene so one in five of us actually has one gene and therefore the problem is that if we meet another person who has a gene and we have children together there's a chance that our child will end up with two genes and therefore potentially develop hemochromatosis. And it's a nasty enough thing to have isn't it? Well, for many people, it's, you know, there may be no problems, but we know that quite a large proportion will go on to develop iron overload and that slowly, gradually builds up. So problems don't tend to usually begin until people are well into their 30s and beyond. And they'll slowly start maybe presenting with vague and weird kind of symptoms. So I suppose that's the difficult thing. If it was one specific symptom, it would be okay. But people will tend to present with things like fatigue, weakness, joint pains, um, abdominal pains, uh, liver issues that can present to cirrhosis in the late stages, cardiac problems such as cardiac arrhythmias, cardiac failure, diabetes, especially diabetes presenting, type 2 diabetes presenting early on in life, arthritis and and kind of change in colour of the skin. So actually it, it can cause a bronzing effect. So sometimes people will look really tanned and nearly super tanned and that's because of too much iron giving that kind of colour change. So that's how it, that's kind of typically how the symptoms will present. Probably the majority of people we pick up, we pick up now because they know they have a family member with it and because they know that or they have a family member who's a carrier and they decide they want to also be genetically tested as they should be to see could they have it because if we can pick it up early and treat it early we know you're less likely to end up with any complications as a result of it. Yeah, how detailed are the tests that have to be done? So initially, I suppose if anybody presents to their GP and has ongoing symptoms of tiredness and fatigue, we're going to do a battery of bloods that will include many of the bloods that we need for this. We're going to be checking your blood count. We're going to be checking your iron and your iron store. So typically the first thing that people may present with will be a high ferritin level, and that is the iron store level. And they may also have some abnormalities in their liver. So that would be the two common things. And if we find that, we will go on and the next step will be checking another iron store called transfer and saturation. And following that, we will do do genetic testing and it's probably the only really easily accessible genetic test that GPs can do on our patients so it's great to have it and we get that result probably takes about four to six weeks depending on where the labs are sending the samples to be done and we get that back and are able to then advise people on what next so what next tends to be referring them on to a specific hemochromatosis clinic for the majority of people because it can't be cured as such can it 
It can't be cured because you have it, you have the genetic profile, you have that inability to break down the iron and you're building up this iron store, but it can be treated very successfully. In what way? And the tr- well, two treatments. The main treatment is phlebotomy, and that means taking off blood. So bloodletting. So people who have hemochromatosis will attend clinics, usually in the hospital, but more and more we're kind of trying to see can we develop that as a service in general practice. Where you'll go, you'll have blood taken off to maintain your iron store, this ferritin between 20. It was 20 and 50. They're increasing it up to 100. And initially when people are starting off, depending on how high their iron level is, they may have to get blood taken off every few weeks. But as it goes down, they'll have maintenance maybe only having to have blood taken off every few months and that controls it. Now, for those that that doesn't work, there is another thing called chelation where you're given a medication that binds to the iron and allows it to be excreted, but we rarely see that being used. If you have the genes because your parents were carriers, are there things that you should do to try and avoid the development of the illness? Well, there's probably very little you can do to avoid developing it, but you probably should be able to be picked up early enough so we know you have it. So therefore, if you know you have the genetic predispositions, you've been tested for that, um, I would be suggesting that you're having your iron, your ferritin stores checked on a regular basis to make sure you're not developing this iron load and so we can get it tested. For those who also have maybe borderline iron loads or those who already have that higher iron load, there are certain things in your diet that you need to to avoid and that is specifically iron-rich food. food. So obviously we we know that meat has iron in it, but there's specific parts of of animals that have higher levels of iron, liver, heart, kidney, black pudding, things like liver pate, 100% beef and burgers, anything like that will tend to have higher levels of iron. Also other things that can have iron in them would include certain fish like salmon, sardines and tuna. We don't tend to tell people they have to avoid those completely, but definitely anyone with active hemochromatosis will be given advice on on avoiding all iron-rich containing foods and also ensuring that they never take multivitamins that have iron in them. We've got to leave it there. Dr. Lona Duffy, thank you for joining us for our weekly health spot. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.